Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here solo for the final hour of the show. Again, you can catch us live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, our new time slot. And you can listen to the show on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports. Hit subscribe, and you'll get notified whenever a new show is released. But just know that there'll be new shows weekdays, Monday through Friday. You can catch all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And you can head over to ScoutFantasySports.com right now because we got our fantasy baseball draft kit underway, and it's already filled with a ton of great content. We have in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. He's one of the best high-stakes players around. He's an NFBC Hall of Famer, won a lot of money there, so he knows what he's talking about. His latest team outlook is at uh, look at the Texas Rangers. He has already completed the AL East, AL Central, and now working his way to the AL West. If you want a free sample, we will give you one with the Orioles and Red Sox and then uh, become a member. If you use the promo code BATS50, you get 50% off your first two months. Dr. Otto has a look at the FSTA draft, which he is a part of. That draft is ongoing. We've been talking about it throughout the show here during the week. Uh, he has a look at rounds one through four and then a look at rounds five through eight. You can also check out his PGA DFS cheat sheet for the Waste Management Open. I have an article that should be posted in a little bit sometime today, a look at Whit Merrifield. Merrifield is going very high in drafts. He went in the second round of the FSTA. His ADP is around the early 30s on the NFBC and on Fantrax.com. So get my thoughts on Whit Merrifield, whether I think that is correct. Is he a value or is it too much of an overpay? So you could check that out. I also take a look at Sony Gray, uh, Sonny Gray. Now that he's with the Cincinnati Reds, what does it mean for his fantasy value? As well as a number of other free agents that have changed teams, whether it's by trade or free agent signing and what it does for their fantasy value. And uh, we also have statistical projections for different leagues, auction strategies. And this is only the beginning of what's to come as we get into February and spring training gets underway. So a ton of content there to take care of you guys as well as ScoutDFS.com, where we cover you for PGA, NFL, NBA, uh, and NHL, including optimizers, Slack chat, leading up to lineup lock, and a lot more. Uh, of course, uh, VegasWhispers.com as well for your sports betting needs. So uh, lots of content to help you win and get that money. We want to see you guys make some money. And if you have any questions specifically catered to your league where you can – Right as long as you want. Obviously, the more detail, the more it helps us answer the questions. And a lot of people have questions dealing with Dynasty League trades right now, Keeper League questions. You can go to the message boards and the forums, ask those questions, and we will answer them. Coming up in the next segment, I'll be joined by Paige Damaco. She's from TD Fantasy, also a uh, the director of the Fantasy Football at Sea Cruise, which I will be a part of. So... I've tweeted it out from time to time exactly what it is. 
but we will talk to her and get some more details on the fantasy football cruise and talk NFL Super Bowl uh, as well with Paige coming up in just a little bit. I'll get to the NBA DFS outlook for tonight's slate coming up, but just wanted to talk to, to a little bit about yesterday's slate and why it's so important to pay attention to this last-minute news. So, you know, we give you a good base here in the afternoon, and it's much better than compared to when we had the night show because when we were on at 7 p.m. Eastern, you know, especially on a site like FanDuel where it locks at uh, tip-off, you know, we really can't do anything. Here in this afternoon time slot, we can give you a preview and a basis for the night, which helps. But at the same time, we are still, in today's case, over four hours away from tip-off as it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Tonight is the first game. And so much can happen between now and then. So, you know, if we give you something now uh, and you say, wait, you said play that guy and you did it. Well, it's because the slate changed. This is a puzzle and you're trying to piece everything together. And with late-breaking news, it really impacts and changes things. In the NBA, minutes are very important. And we usually want to pay up for superstars because more often than not, those superstars are going to hit value and exceed it uh, because we know the minutes are going to be there. The only exception sometimes could be outside of injury is a potential blowout where that superstar only plays 28 to 30 minutes. So it's really key to pay attention to all the last minute news. And for some people, it's too much work. And if that's the case, you know, don't play NBA DFS, but I, I love it. It's my favorite one. And you can have a lot of success uh, if you put in the work, and just like anything, you got to put in work. Even if it's NFL, DFS, PGA, you have to put in work. There's time and there's research. You know, no one's just going to click a button and all of a sudden come up with a magic lineup. It doesn't work like that. So you can get an edge if you're paying attention, especially in that last hour leading up to lineup lock. And if you're playing on a site with late swap, uh, you got to pay attention even more uh, because you can make pivots and changes based on uh, the news that occurs uh, in the night. So, you know, last night the example was the Thunder situation. We knew during the show that Steven Adams was questionable, but we didn't know whether he would go or not. And he's been a, a player that rarely misses games. He toughens it out. And, in fact, when he hurt his ankle in the last game, I believe it was on in Sunday's game, you know, he went to the locker room, but he came back. He came back into the game. So you said, okay, yes, ankles can swell up, but, you know, no one him, he'd probably play. Well, we didn't find out until like, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes before lineup lock when the Thunder tipped up at 7 p.m. Eastern that Steven Adams was out. Now, all of a sudden, Nerlens Noel became a good play. I think he was 37 on DK. He was $10 on Yahoo, the minimum. And there were a lot of good plays at center last night, too. You know, you had Jaleel Okafor. You had Kenneth Fareed, LaMarcus Aldridge, Vucevic. So there were a lot of plays. So I said, you know what, I have to have some exposure to Noel so I'll get him in two of my four lineups. Uh, and he was 29.6% owned. Still pretty high considering the news broke last minute. But that's a big advantage if you were paying attention and able to make the pivot. Some people might have set their lineup 6.15, 6.30 Eastern. Said, all right, I'm good. Uh, nothing else is going to happen. I'm going to go to dinner. Well, you kind of lost out. I mean, Noel, at least on Yahoo, 38.9 points. You know, that, that's a big advantage at 10 bucks. It just opens things up. So um, my highest scoring lineup yesterday had Nerlens Noel in it. It was able to finish 11th out of 5,000 in the tournament. Uh, now, what it did, though, is I, I did pivot away from Okafor, who I had in other lineups. But I said, okay, with this Noel news, I'm going to put him in. Now that opens up some salary. And the, the New Orleans news with Alfred Payton being out was last minute, too. 
that opened up a ton of value. It was just trying to figure out, okay, who are you going to go with? So I said, you know what? Frank Jackson is starting. He's also the minimum 10 bucks. He's going to be low owned. Let me put him in. And he was low owned, just 5.6%. Unfortunately, he only played 23 minutes. And he was okay. Gave me 20.9 points. But I just sit there and imagine, wow, if I had someone better in that spot, you know, maybe I could have finished first in this tournament. So with the move to Jackson, uh, it allowed me to get LaMarcus Aldridge, who I did talk about on the show yesterday, and I liked him a lot. The problem was his salary was real high. But with this value with Noel, it opened up. And I said, all right, I'm going to go to Aldridge because I think he's going to be low-owned. I did not think, even in a great matchup against Phoenix with no DeMar DeRozan, I just didn't think a lot of people would play him because of the centers I mentioned before. Noel was $10 on Yahoo. Okafor is $19. Fareed was 21 So there was a lot of ways to go at center. And it was a spot where people were going to pay down. You know, Okafor was 44% owned. So I said, okay, I'm going to get Aldridge in a great spot as long as the game doesn't blow out at low ownership. And that's what I want. I want a guy that's going to be low owned that can explode. And he did. Uh, he was 16.1% owned and he had 52.8. So uh, it worked out. And again, you got to pay attention, especially this late in the season. We're going to see more and more of this. So make sure you're, you're paying attention here uh, to the last minute because it could really change the complexion of your lineup. I mentioned Paul George yesterday. I mean, people don't play this guy. And all he does is produce scheming game out. He was 17% owned. He had 59.2. And that's with 31 of his 37 in the first half. So he did slow down in the second half. And another guy I mentioned yesterday was Seti Osman for Cleveland. Uh, he was only $16. He was 18.1% owned. He put up 48 and a half. So, again, if you know what you're doing, you pay attention, you can make some money in this. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is another player I thought would be low-owned in a prime bounce-back spot. And, look, he's a volatile player. Uh, he's had a lot of good games lately, you know, but I think he's a good tournament player because people look at box scores. And they saw what he did the previous game, and it wasn't what they wanted. Great matchup against the Bulls, and he came through 54.3 points. So, you got to pay attention to all the last-minute news. And Lynn's Noel was a perfect example yesterday. You know, he had 12.7 boards of steel and five blocks. So you got to pay attention to that last-minute news. And we're going to get to the NBA slate for tonight coming up a little bit later on. But there has been some NBA news already. Kyrie Irving has already been ruled out. So we'll get to the Boston value later. But I, I thought that they were potentially resting Irving the other night. Uh, and this still could be the case. Uh, but again, Boston has not played up to expectations. You know, they should be better. So maybe this left hip is something that's more than they're letting on. Uh, originally, Brad Stevens downplayed it. You know, I thought, you know, they might be resting him. But uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe this is something uh, that is bothering him. But, uh, you know, Boston is thinking all about the playoffs at this point. But they have not been as good as many have hoped. Uh, Jamal Murray is out for tonight's game for Denver. We saw he missed the game the other night. Once again, the Pelicans, who somehow got a win last night, beating the Rockets as they were really shorthanded. But they just they played hard, and, and they out-hustled Houston. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis remains out. Etuan Moore still out dealing with rest. Nikola Meritich dealing with a calf injury. He's out. And Alfred Payton with that ankle is out. So Drew Holiday will be tasked with a big workload once again. He had six blocks last night. Jaleel Okafor and... Uh, some other players there where there is some value. So we'll get to that. Uh, Jeff Teague, Tyus Jones have already been ruled out for Minnesota tonight. Derek Rose is questionable. He had non-contact work yesterday. So my guess is he probably doesn't play. 
and uh, Ryan Saunders already said that Isaiah Kanan will play. Not looking into him in fantasy, though, but uh, Jared Bayless will certainly be in play. Jared Jackson is being listed as questionable. He has an illness. Jermichael Green, he has a knee injury. He's also questionable for tonight, so uh, the Grizz could be shorthanded there, uh, opening some things up. And DeMar DeRozan uh, has missed three games in a row, dealing with soreness in his left knee and ankle. He said he's feeling the best he has in weeks. So it sounds like uh, he could be out there Thursday. So that will uh, hurt Davis Bertans a little bit. And I, Bertans is a guy I wanted to get in my lineup yesterday. He was 10 bucks, and uh, I had him in and then took him out for last-minute change. And uh, he would have been a good pivot off of Beasley. I didn't see the ownership on Bertans, but that's another example, too, is where you knew Beasley was going to be chalk and be highly owned. So try and find a player at a similar price that has a potential upside that will be lower owned. And that's the key to having success in these tournaments. Uh, you know, you don't need everyone low owned. And that's uh, something that I think people forget. They try to go too crazy and get a bunch of guys who are low owned. You don't need to do that. You can have a few guys that are highly owned, but you need to kind of differentiate yourself. And, uh, you know, that's, what I was able to do yesterday with a 5.6% Owen Jackson, 8.4% Laurie Markinen, Aldridge 16.1. Uh, so that's the way to to get it done. Uh, actually, my highest owned player is Shabazz Napier at 27.8%. So that's the way to do it. Is uh, you know you could have some chalk. You know Napier was pretty popular because he was value. Uh, you know it's pretty cheap at 12 bucks there on Yahoo. But uh, getting a couple of those guys low owned can really make the difference in uh, making your way up towards the top. Also wanted to hit upon something that was uh, discussed a little bit in the first hour, and this is very important when you're doing these MLB drafts right now. It is to make sure that you are familiar with the platform you're playing on because you could pretty much find several players buried in the rankings regardless of the site. It doesn't matter what site you're playing on, there's got to be someone that's hidden. And you need to be aware of that because you do not want to be in a scenario where you're sitting in a draft and you go, uh, what? That guy was available? Oh, I thought he was gone. I had no idea. That is the worst thing in the world. And there's no excuse for that because that can easily be eliminated by doing research and doing preparation. And that's where, you know, outworking your opponent is key. So, that is the work to me. The worst feeling you can have in fantasy is you're sitting in a draft, a player gets selected, and you're like, "Oh, I thought he was off the board. I had no idea where where he was." And then you go and you go, "Where was he in the rankings?" You scroll down and he's like three thousand forty seven. Yes, it's not ideal. You don't want that that site to do that, but it's going to happen from occasion. And I'm sure there are going to be players that emerge over the next month or two, whether through spring training surprise performance and injury. And all of a sudden, someone gains value, and they're going to be moving up the queue. So you got to make sure that you do not miss on these guys. And what I recommend, and I do this for everything, is now a lot of people use software, draft software, to keep track of stats and everything. I don't. I've never used the draft software. And you have to find out what works for you. Maybe you do use software, and it works. Fine. Whatever works for you. Everyone is different. But I like to have my rankings on a piece of paper with a pen, just that simple. And I just have them in order. You know, I might highlight some guys that I'm targeting that I want, maybe someone in the later rounds that I might push up the board two, three rounds because I really want them. 
But as every pick is made, I cross it off the list. This way it's all in front of me, and there's no excuse. You know, you just obviously have to make sure those rankings, whether your own or someone else, has not made the mistake of omitting someone. And that's the key, and hopefully you find that out early on. And it has been, I've figured that out at times. But, you know, especially now, you know, go do a mock draft with those rankings. Do a draft Champions League. And this way you'll find out real quick whether you missed anyone. But, again, that's the way the formula that works for me because when I do that, I'm going to make sure that I don't miss anyone. If there's someone in there that's buried, in it, and I like to go in before the draft and load up the queue with a bunch of players. Obviously, the early rounds you don't need to do as much. But you want to do it in case the software, you get frozen out or you get booted off. At least, you know, you have players in the queue. So it's taking someone you like instead of the default player because that would suck. But if these guys that I know that are buried at the bottom, I'll immediately put in a search, put them in the queue to remind myself and to make sure that it doesn't get buried. So find the formula that works for you when you're drafting and whatever it is. Make sure you're comfortable and have these players. All right, when we return, we're going to talk football with Paige Demacos of TD Fantasy. That's next here on Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rain dance. Make it rain. Offshore, Offshore. is illegal. It's oh. considered illegal, bet day. We're advertising things that are illegal? It's legal in Costa Rica. It's not considered legal here. I see. Because the only thing that's legal here in the United States is within the United States. It's great yes. that FanDuel and DraftKings can advertise for their sports book, but yet the marijuana ad can't happen in the Super Bowl. It's coming. It's uh, coming. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It's Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, as we're getting you set to dominate in the fantasy baseball season. In-depth team previews from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. And my latest article is up looking at Whit Merrifield and the need to chase stolen bases. Is it worth it? You can check it out now, scoutfantasysports.com. But joining me now 
It is Paige DeMacco. She is uh, working for TD Fantasy. She's a video host for the Draft Network, and she's also the director of the Fantasy Football Cruise uh, at Sea for 2019. Paige, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm in the uh, I'm in the middle of mass chaos at the Super Bowl. I'm at the uh, Hyde Regency, which is the Patriots Hotel. So it is full blown security and full blown chaos. So I'm right in the middle of everything. Uh, when did you get down there? I got in here yesterday. So and it's uh, uh for the listeners, I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's a little chilly for me here in Atlanta. So I'm I'm cooped up in the hotel, staying warm. Uh, what's been the atmosphere there like so far? What have you taken away from being there uh, so far at Media Days? Uh, you know, listen, it's it's kind of a, a chaotic time. There's everybody, the Hall of Famers. You got old school, you got new school. Uh, everybody's walking around. Everyone's just trying to promote what they're doing, their brand, their wine, their new shoe line, their new fashion line, whatever they're up to. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a self promotion type of thing for the time for the athletes. But probably the uh, the biggest thing I've taken away is that I stood right next to Saquon and he's not as big as I thought he was. So that was probably my biggest my biggest takeaway so far is that he is uh, uh, smaller and very mighty. Uh, and and obviously we know what he did from a fantasy perspective. So that was uh, that's my been my big takeaway so far. Yeah, he definitely doesn't look obviously that in height, but he he definitely looks thick and very oh, strong. Yeah. So uh, so that's oh, yeah. that that you can see up close, correct? That you can see up close for sure. I'm I'm tall and lanky, so he's he's short and 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 very very strong. So we are we're opposite body profile, so it's very apparent the long gangly legs versus the uh, very fit strong legs. So we stood right next to each other. He's a good dude and. Uh, I told him that he, he won a lot of people some, some fantasy this year, and he said he's been told that quite a few times. So, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting because some players in, embrace it. Other players don't. You know, he seems like a pretty affable guy. You know, was he someone who was supportive of fantasy or just kind of say, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, like what was his reaction? Yeah, I think for the most part, I've found when I talk to some most of the younger guys, they kind of get it, right? Uh, a, a lot of the older players – you know, fantasy's obviously been popular for a long time, but it's become very popular over the last few years, and it's become such a big part of the broadcast, and they get asked questions about it where it kind of didn't used to be that much involved in the NFL. So, you know, for the most part, I think the young guys kind of get it. You know, a lot of them played before they were in the league, you know, and they're playing college football or whatever. They're, they're familiar with, it, with the game within the game. Uh, and, and Saquon specifically was cool. He was, he was super chill about it. Uh, was happy to was happy to indulge a couple of questions from fans, and then uh, I just talked to him about. I, I just let him know. I said, "Listen, uh, you you did you did well this year. Really looking forward to see what you do going forward." And just uh, talked about New York and, and and Chicago, and that was about it. Yeah, and there's a good chance I see him going number one overall in a lot of fantasy football drafts next year. Oh yeah, for sure, and I think he knows that. Um, <laughs> Todd Gurley uh, over the summer, I had the opportunity to talk to him. I've talked all talk to him again uh probably tomorrow or whenever i get a little bit more media availability but todd was on a mission to prove everybody wrong after he had a tough year uh because so many people in fantasy you remember clapped at him on twitter and he was getting into his fans and you know he was having a tough time when he had a when he had a rough year uh and obviously with new coaching staff and and what that offense looks like now todd has become you know a fantasy superstar so that was a that was a little chip on his shoulder you know he liked talking about fantasy 
because he's like, listen, like now I'm a stud. Now I'm a star. I should be drafted number one. I'm like, yeah, well, listen, make your case, man. And uh, obviously he made a good case for himself this year. Before we get back to the Super Bowl and the game, uh, you're also a part of fantasy football at sea, as I will be a part of it as well. Let people know what this is about and what an exciting opportunity this is going to be for people that are into fantasy and want to get on a nice cruise. Yeah, listen, we're leaving from Miami. It's going to the Bahamas. Uh, if you want to check out and have all the full details, you can go to fantasyfootballatc.com. Uh, there's a great video. you got information. But there's we've got ex-NFL players. We have, we have obviously, yourself, myself, uh, Jake Aarons, who played in the NFL, Pilar Lastra, who hosts for SiriusXM. We have fantasy analysts. Uh, it's fantasy football meets the sea. And for me, I always do a excursion with my, with my crew. There's 16 of us, our big league, our high school league. We always do something together. Uh, we usually do like Vegas or something like that, but this is next level, right? We're, we're going on a cruise to the Bahamas. There's going to be a private tailgate party for the Bills Mafia because Andre Reed's involved uh, in the Bahamas, the Coco Cay Island. I mean, for me, you, you, you mix beach, sunshine, drinking, fantasy sports, football, and there's not really much more you could add that makes that like next level fun. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to be involved in it. I know you are too, and, and we're going to have a great time. Yeah, I had never been on a cruise until last year, actually. My first cruise was in May to uh, Bermuda, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and oh, yeah. obviously I didn't have a lot of fantasy football. I actually ran into someone there. I was in the souvenir shop, and he comes up and he goes, are you Adam Ronis? I go, yeah, and he's like, oh, I listen to the show all the time. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is completely random. So now on this, hopefully a lot of people know me and we'll all be able to talk fantasy drafts and, and do a lot of nice things. But I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, if you want to check out uh, and see all the information and the details and how to get involved and how to jump aboard with us, it's fantasyfootballatc.com. Yeah, and it's a good Valentine's Day practice too. <laughs> FantasyFootballC.com. Sure and if you book by February 18th, $200 per person off. So uh, use the promo code HEART. So, again, check it out, FantasyFootballC.com. Joined by Paige DeMacos. Again, she you can find her at TD Fantasy, also a video host for the Draft Network. Let's talk about this game right now. And you brought up Todd Gurley, and I think he's one of the more interesting players in this game. We saw he barely played in the NFC Championship. A lot of people think he was hurt. He insists he's not. We know he had the knee issue that forced him to sit out towards the end of the year, but he looked pretty good against Dallas, and he was just saying he was sorry and did not play well. He hasn't been on the injury report. What is your take? Do you think that is true and it's the truth, or do you think that knee was a factor in the NFC Championship game? No, I think, uh, no offense to Todd, but I'm calling BS on that one. Uh, I One, I talked to people that – I know within the organization, and I know for a fact that he's been having having a lingering issue uh, injury-wise. Uh, to me, uh, he's one of the best running backs, if not the elite running back in the NFL right now. If he's fully healthy, there's no way Sean McVay is not running him out there. So I think I think for him to, it's nice that he is wanting to play through because he wants to be a part of this team and he wants to be a part of what's going on. But there's no way you're running C.J. Anderson out there and doing what he's doing uh, and not running Todd Gurley if Todd Gurley's fully healthy. So with all due respect to Todd, I, I appreciate him uh, putting up for his team. But I, I know he's had the lingering issue. And, you know, now you have another, you know, they have two weeks before the Super Bowl. So let's see what we see in this game. Uh, maybe that was enough time for him to kind of, you know, have 
have some time to really recuperate, especially considering he didn't play a lot of, of the NFC Championship game. So we'll see. We'll see what we see from him. I think it's going to be something to pay attention to, though, in the offseason as a, as a fantasy owner, uh, to pay attention to what his actual injury was and, and how long and if that will have any lingering issues into the next season, because you know how this goes. Uh, the second the Super Bowl is over, we'll probably we'll probably know what was actually going on, and it'll be reported, and, and we'll figure out what you know what he was actually dealing with, which is probably something more serious than what they're leading on. Here's why I agree with you. First of all, C.G. Anderson was a great story. Obviously, dismissed from Carolina, went another uh, Oakland, and comes here with the Rams and does well. well. You know, he ran well against Arizona, San Fran, and Dallas, who struggled on the road, especially against the run. And clearly, the Rams saw something in the Cowboys' defense that was a tell. C.G. Anderson had 16 carries for 44 yards last week. He yeah, wasn't doing anything. Yeah, no, he was you. Thank right. You very much. <laughs> that, that's what I don't on, understand. Dude. Like he didn't yeah, do. Right. It's one. It's one thing if Anderson went out there and had twenty carries, one hundred thirty yards. There's, yeah. I can say, okay, you guys are right. He didn't do anything. No, listen, bro. Like you and I watch. You and I watch probably more football than we care to to admit out loud. Uh, and and I know, and I know what Sean McVay does. And Sean McVay is not not running Todd Gurley unless he's got an injury, period. End of sentence. Like, CJ, with all due respect to C.J. Anderson, like, throws a backup for a reason. He's not the starter for a reason. Todd Gurley's a elite running back in the NFL, and if he is healthy, he's running the football, and he's the number one guy, and he's getting the touches, and no questions asked. I don't, I don't want to hear anything more about how C.J. Anderson, like, okay, he had a decent game for a backup, like in a backup position with backup touches, uh, and even then, it's still not even that impressive. Like, I, <laughs> it's still not that much from a fantasy perspective. You're going, you're looking, and you're going, yeah, that that would suck for me if I was starting him in a fantasy league. So, I think that's that's an important thing to mention. It, it uh, with all due respect to to the Rams and CJ and everybody. Like, no, I know Todd's Todd's not feeling 100. percent Otherwise, we would see him having all of the touches 100. percent the Patriots' offensive line has been tremendous this postseason. They have not allowed a sack. And we all know if you give Tom Brady all day to throw, he's going to take advantage. When they have lost the Super Bowl, specifically to the Giants, the Giants had the ability to put pressure on Brady. We know there's some players on the Rams' defensive line, including Aaron Donald and his 20-and-a-half sacks and Nagamagan Sue. Do you feel that the Rams will be able to put pressure on Brady in this game? Listen, I thought Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram would put pressure on Brady. Uh, I, I didn't think the Chiefs were going to get pressure because they haven't done that all year long, right? Uh, but I did, I did expect the Chargers to be able to do that, and they could not get to Tom at all. It's hard for me to go against what I've seen in this postseason because I'm separating what the regular season looked like and what the postseason looked like because there's a different level of expectations in the Patriots locker room when they're playing in the postseason. And that offensive line has looked exceptional and – as somebody who is a Chicago Bears fan, I have seen the Rams' defensive line shut, be shut down. Uh, they could not get to Trubisky when they played the Bears, and I'm assuming when you give Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare, he's going to make sure that his guys are ready to shut them down. And listen, Aaron Donald might get there. He, he probably, he, I'm guessing he's not going to sack Brady. He's probably going to rush him. Uh, he's going to get in there and make him hurry a little bit. But at this point in time, I can't go against what I've seen thus far in the postseason. That's that offensive line is playing lights out. They look incredible. And Tom Brady's doing what Tom Brady does, which is turn it on in the biggest moments. And I just don't see that changing. And, and I listen, I know Aaron Donald's 
probably the best defensive player in the league. And Dominican Sue's an excellent player. Uh, Dante Fowler coming off. I mean, he's he's excellent on the at that on that line as well. I just don't see them getting enough pressure for it to matter uh, against Tom Brady. I'm joined by Paige DeMacco. She's out at the Super Bowl now for Media Day. She's part of TD Fantasy and also a video host of the Draft Network. Jared Goff, I think a lot of people have kind of doubted the Rams this postseason because they're like, well, is Jared Goff good enough to get it done? He didn't need to do much against Dallas because they ran the ball so well. He didn't put up great numbers last week, but he made some key throws when he had to. We know the quarterback coaching experience is on the New England side. They have a big advantage there. What do you see from Jared Goff in this game? Can he be able to maybe withstand some of the early jitters and keep the Rams in this game? Do you have confidence in Jared Goff getting the Rams to a Super Bowl win? Here's the thing. I just don't think he has to do all that much. I think he has to be okay. I don't think he has to be excellent. I I think it comes down to what we just talked about, which is can the defense get pressure on Tom Brady? And if the answer is no, then I don't think Jared Goff has enough to overcome them not putting pressure on Tom Brady. Uh, Listen, Sean McVay, excellent coach. Love that whole staff. Wade Phillips, uh, Fossil, their special teams coach, is excellent. Don't get it. They don't get enough credit for what that entire staff does in totality. But the reality is, if you cannot get pressure on Tom Brady, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I don't care who's on the other side of the football. It doesn't matter. And I'm especially not going to go against Tom Brady, against somebody who's young and inexperienced in this moment. Uh, and with Todd Gurley not being fully healthy, Jared Goff has not looked the same since Cooper Cup left. Uh, since Cooper Cup's injury happened, uh, he hasn't looked the same. That offense hasn't run the same. And since Todd Gurley's been injured, he hasn't looked the same. So I just I don't think he has to do that much for them to, to if they do win the game. I think it's going to come down to is the defense gets pressure on Tom Brady, then can he just not turn over the ball? Can he make enough plays? And I think he can. I just I don't see it shaking out that way. I really I have almost full confidence, like as, as confident as I could be in the Patriots. And that's ever since I watched them put a coaching clinic on the L.A. Chargers. It's hard for me because that team on talent, from a talent perspective, the Chargers are a much more talented team. But it didn't matter because Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are on the other sideline, and I, I just don't see it changing. Yeah, the cup loss is something we have talked about a lot here uh, during this show. Cup was one of our favorite picks to target in fantasy, and he clearly was the safety valve and a red zone threat for Jared Goff, and their offense has been good, but it clearly hasn't been as dominant since Cup went down. I agree on that. Now, the Rams' run defense has been really good here in the two postseason games. They shut down Ezekiel Elliott, and the Saints could have run the ball. Now, the Patriots' run game, especially with Sony Michelle, has been really good. Could you see the Rams' run defense slowing down the Patriots' attack this week? They're going to have to if they want to win the football game, right? I mean, you've seen what what Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White have been able to do. I just think this is probably the best running back tandem that you have had in New England since Tom Brady's been there. Uh, I think what James White can do in corresponding with what Sony Michelle does so well, and then you have a red zone guy in Rex Burkhead, I just, I, if you, you're going to have to. If the, if the Rams are going to win the football game, they're going to have to slow that down. I, I Like I said, I've just been feeling this way for a while. I know that everybody's been like, oh, they're slowing down, Tom's slowing down, this is happening. I just don't see that happening. I, I, think, uh, I think the running game keeps on flowing, and I think that Tom Brady uh, gets his sixth Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like you're pretty confident in the Patriots winning this game. Do you think it'll at least be a close game? And what would the Rams need to do to win? I do. I, the Patriots never beat anybody by more than seven in a Super Bowl, right? I mean, they're, it's always a very, very close game. And from a talent perspective, I think the Rams are a much more talented team. They just don't have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Uh, and, and I think that's the biggest talent discrepancy is the quarterback position. And unfortunately for the Rams, that is the most important position on the field. And I think that the, the way the offensive line has played has allowed for Tom Brady to do exactly what he needs to do. And I think the running game has also been able to allow Tom to, to, to be 41 years old and doing what he's doing, right, uh, which is so impressive. So I think that's the biggest part of this. Um, I feel very confident. I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be like a, like a four between a, between a four to seven point win for the the Patriots I'm definitely not picking them to win in a blowout I think every game they've ever played in the Super Bowl is a close game and and I do think it will be I I do think it will be very close but I do think the Pats win (laughs) all right Paige let people know where they can find you before we let you go yeah you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram Uh, I catch all my content there I host the like like Adam said TD fantasy podcast I do a bunch of stuff for the draft network it's a great time Great time to follow the Draft Network as we're officially in draft season. I'll be out at the Combine and at the NFL Draft, and you're going to want to follow along with all we're doing. So that's how you can find me, and Adam, uh, thanks for having me on. All right, thanks a lot. Have fun at the Super Bowl. I will. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap it up. Preview NBA DFS. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. The morning after. Ben Garland, Atlanta Falcons. You guys were pretty freaking cursed this year, bro. Was it to the point where it's almost like every play, like somebody just got hurt and you guys on the sidelines are like, oh, God, can't make this up anymore. There's no excuses. It's the next man up. And we're, we're definitely prepared and trained them. And I mean, even at practice, you're constantly shifting in second string guys. We had a great team, good coaches, and if we uh, didn't play to the capability we were our end, we had paid the price for it. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. It is Cal Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. 
can check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. Latest article just went up. A look at Whit Merrifield. Is his price worth chasing if you want to get the stolen bases? You can check that out now. Again, use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. And for DFS, if you want 50% off your first month of NBA DFS, use the promo code HOOPS50. That does include the optimizer, which has been excellent lately. So check it out now. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with customized settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA pro tip, subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Choose Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Click on Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Time to take a look at the night in DFS right now. And again, we've already had some news uh, with players being out. And you know there's going to be more to come. So make sure you're... In tune with everything, uh, scoutdfs.com. Uh, we have the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock, so you can always ask your questions in there whenever any news breaks and you're not sure who gets the benefit and who you should get your lineups. We'll help you out and answer. And tonight, tip-off uh, for this late is 7.30 p.m. Eastern, so you get a little bit more time than usual. First game, Dallas at the Knicks. Uh, Dallas is favored by six and a half. The Vegas totals 216. Luka Doncic has been on fire lately. One of the best young players in the NBA. He is so fun to watch. If you've not got an opportunity to watch him, do so. I like him tonight. Uh, a trip to the garden. Feel like he's going to want to light it up. 9,800 on FanDuel, 8,800 on DraftKings. Great matchup here against the Knicks. We always want to pick on the Knicks. So I think he's in play. I think Dennis Smith is an interesting tournament play. He won't garner a lot of ownership. 6,200 on Vandal, 57 on on DraftKings. I think he's uh, 14 or 16 on Yahoo, so I like him a little bit better there because he's cheaper. Uh, Doesn't have a huge ceiling, but again, it's against the Knicks, so I definitely think he is in play tonight. Uh, There's a lot of – there's pretty good centers on the slate. I mean, you could look at DeAndre Jordan. You know, he never scores big, but against the Knicks, he could pile up the rebounds. He's 7 on DK, 7,400 on FanDuel, but don't think I'm going to go to him tonight. For the Knicks, they are a mess. It's really difficult to trust anyone on this team. I would not, I don't think I could play anyone in cash right now. We were burned by Trey Burke the other night. He got off to a slow start, and he only played eight minutes in the first half. So that is the problem. I mean, we thought no Emmanuel Moutier. No Frank Nikitalina. All right, Burke is going to be getting 35 minutes to put up a ton of shots. Uh, really didn't happen. He's 5,400 on Fandle, 4,800 on DK. Again, he's in play, but I would not use him in cash. I, I'm only using Knicks right now in tournaments. Uh, Tim Hardaway is in play. I did use him the other night in Yahoo, and he wasn't bad. He's 64 on Fandle, 6 on DK. Uh, and... That's that's about it for that. I mean, Noah Vonley, he's had a couple good games recently. 61 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings. Don't think I'm going there tonight. Uh, but, yeah, the Knicks are just a real difficult team to trust right now. 
And, um, you know, Mario Hazonia is cheap, and he's played more minutes recently, but you can easily see him playing 14 minutes a night. So, again, if you're down in that lower salary range, I think he's, like, uh, you know, under 4000 and he's your last piece, and there's nothing better, sure. But, again, not a priority, not a target there. Hornets are at the Celtics. This is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern game. Uh, no notable injuries for the Hornets. Uh, they don't play as well uh, on the road. Boston's a, a good team here. The total is 216.5. Boston's favored by 7.5. I really haven't been playing a lot of Hornets this year. You know, there was a period where I was playing Kemba Walker quite a bit. I haven't lately. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking at him at the other night, but I couldn't play him because he had that neck injury. You know, there was talk that when he had the, and this is why you got to pay attention to all the news. The media was saying, yeah, Kemba Walker really couldn't turn his neck when he was speaking to them in the shoot around. I'm like, that's not good. And this guy's going to go out and play basketball. I don't care how good the matchup is. So kind of stayed away from Kemba and, you know, he's 82 on DK, 8,800 on Fandle. So really not interested. I tempted to play Nicholas Batum the other day. I did not. He has been better lately, but really no one that I love here on uh, Charlotte. don't think I'm going to do anything with them tonight. For the Celtics, we know Kyrie Irving is out, so uh, that opens some things up. Of course, Terry Rozier is going to be popular, and his price has risen, but I'll still play him. He's 61 on DK, 65 on Vandal, I think 21 on Yahoo, so I'll definitely have him in some lineups for sure. Uh, It's kind of spread out uh, when Kyrie is out. Uh, you know, we saw Marcus Smart coming off a big game, but I don't know if you could expect that again. Jalen Browns, I think, is in consideration. Uh, Marcus Morris as well. Again, I don't want to have too much um, exposure here. Uh, I like Al Horford. Uh, again, he I loved him the other night, and I don't think he should be that highly owned here. He's 7 on DK, 7,800 on Fanduel. It's just a good matchup here. The Hornets are terrible against centers. You know, we're always talking about picking with uh, on Brooklyn with big men and centers, but I think you could do that too with the Hornets here. So I think I'll have Horford in the lineup or two. Uh, he's been playing very well lately, uh, and he is in a good spot. So, again, we've seen you know some of the Celtics excel when Kyrie is out and others kind of just, you know, Jason Tatum the other night, perfect example. Uh, and he's the higher priced of the guy, so not looking at him. But I think Rozier is in play, Horford, maybe Marcus Morris as well. The Bulls. They're at the Heat tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern game. Bulls coming off a back-to-back. They played in Brooklyn last night in a high-scoring game. Uh, The Heat are a 10-point favorite, and the Vegas total is a very unappealing 208. Uh, What we're looking at here is Zach Levine. He is questionable with an ankle injury. He did play yesterday, and he had this ankle earlier in the year. So if he is out, then that would uh, make Laurie Markkinen, who I used last night at a low ownership, appealing. Uh, obviously can get it done on the boards and score, can hit the threes. He's 7,400 on Fandles, 67 on DK. And Chris Dunn would also see a boost. He's 6,400 on DK, 7,100 on Fandle. So the uh, the problem you have to wor- worry about is the blowout as well. And as I mentioned yesterday, pay attention to Bobby Portis. He wasn't in the starting lineup. I didn't play him. He just hasn't played enough minutes. When he is on the court, he can produce, but probably not looking at him Uh, unless he's ruled in the starting lineup, and Levine would be out, because if Levine is out, that would give him some more opportunities to get shots. Jabari Parker has been, uh, he had a good game yesterday, only played about 23 minutes. He is cheap, but, uh, you know, you could look at him maybe to save some salary uh, in a tournament. But, you know, when you have those low minutes, you're concerned. If there's a blowout, though, you know, he could get more minutes. For the Heat, they're always a, a tough team for me as well. I usually don't use them much unless there are some injuries. 
We do have Dwayne Wade listed as questionable, and Tyler Johnson is listed as questionable, and Johnson has been in the starting lineup recently. So if he is out, you know, that should open up a little more opportunity for a guy like Justice Winslow uh, for sure. Uh, and, again, this game's all about being competitive here. So probably not looking at much on the Miami side. Unless if Wade and Johnson are both ruled out, then uh, maybe that opens up some minutes for Deion Waiters too. Uh, so I'm kind of waiting to see what happens with Tyler Johnson and Dwayne Wade before I determine whether I'm going to do much with uh, the Miami Heat tonight. The Grizzlies are in Minnesota. That's an 8 p.m. Eastern game. Vegas totals 211.5. Minnesota is favored by 5.5. Uh, the Grizzlies also dealing with a lot of injuries now. Omri Caspi's out. Garrett Temple's out. Jaron Jackson is listed as questionable with an illness. Jermichael Green, we don't know if he's going to play as well. So once again, they are just been hit by injuries. Mike Conley has been playing well lately. Uh, probably not going to use him here tonight. Uh, he has been very up and down in tournaments if he's cheap enough, sure, because uh, it's not a terrible matchup here. And I doubt he's highly owned when people look at this Vegas total in the matchup. So uh, I would consider him in tournaments. Uh, uh, Kyle Anderson could play big minutes with some of these injuries. So he's 57 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings. Um, and Marcus Saul obviously has played well, but he's been very inconsistent and erratic. And uh, I, I'm probably going to play other centers. Uh, if you play a ton of lineups, maybe get a little exposure to him, but not a priority for me tonight. For the Timberwolves, of course, the point guards, the injuries are still a concern there. Tyus Jones is out. Jeff Teague is out. And Derek Rose is listed as questionable. Sounding like he's not going to play. Uh, that would be my guess. So Jared Bayless is going to play big, big minutes once again. He played 37 and 40 minutes in the last two games. He's 5,000 on DK, 5,000 on FanDuel. Uh, on Yahoo, he's shooting guard eligible. But I, I will have exposure to him tonight. He's just He has to do too much right now. So he's just still a good value. If he's going to play 35 to 38 minutes at that price, uh, definitely want him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins coming off a really good game, but I just don't use Wiggins much unless they're like really shorthanded. He's 6,500 on DK, 6,800 on FanDuel. And he has done a little bit more than scoring this year, but really uh, not a big fan. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is pretty expensive tonight. 10-6 on DK, 11-2 on FanDuel. I don't see myself paying up for him tonight here uh, with the the slow pace game potential and the, the low over-under uh, total there. So... Really not looking at Towns tonight. Uh, so if you like him, you'll I think you'll get him at low ownership. I don't think a lot of people are going to play him tonight. Denver is at the Pelicans. This game starts 8 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas totals 227. Denver is favored by 8. Jamal Murray has been ruled out. Gary Harris is listed as questionable. So that's really something to pay attention to here. Uh, you know, Harris has dealt with injuries this year, and he's been back for a little while now. Um, but... Uh, we need to see if uh, you know he does uh, indeed play tonight because that would open up uh, some exposure to some other players. So, you know, this is where the tough part about predicting blowouts is because I think a lot of us yesterday thought Rockets are going to blow the Pelicans out with the way the Pelicans are so shorthanded, and that wasn't the case. The Pelicans won. Now it is a back-to-back, -back, uh, and the game is in New Orleans, so. Um, it's always difficult predicting blowouts because a lot of times they haven't happened. We've seen recent, uh, over the last week or so, games we thought were blowouts that were not. But uh, who I really like tonight, even if Harris plays, but especially if Harris out, is Will Barton. Uh, Barton is 65 on Fandle, 68 on DK. 
We saw him play big minutes in that great come-from-behind win against the Grizzlies on Monday night. He played 35 minutes. So uh, it's a good matchup here against the Pelicans. So I really like him tonight. Of course, Nikola Jokic is always in play. You have to hope the game stays close. He's 10-9 on DK, 11,200 on FanDuel. So, you know, Jokic always in play. I mean, you always have to consider him in tournaments. Uh, I guess Malik Beasley would get a little bit of a boost if Harris is out and he's in the starting line. I'm 4,200 on DK, 4,300 on FanDuel. Again, not a priority. I think we thought last game Monty Morris would benefit with uh, Jamal Murray out, and it didn't happen. So it kind of just spread it out, and he still comes off the bench. So not much there. The Pelicans, we went over it earlier. So many injuries right now. Anthony Davis is, continues to be out. Julius Randle is out. Meritich is out. Alfred Payton is out. Each one more is out. So... Uh, we do have some value here. I mean, Drew Holiday has been balling, man. We just talk about it all the time, how he just doesn't get the ownership. Now, it was pretty high yesterday because of all the injuries, and he's 8,900 on DK, 9,600 on Fandle. So, yes, you're looking at him tonight. Darius Miller, uh, if he's going to play big minutes, you know, he doesn't need much to return that value. of 3,800 on DK, 4,200 on Fandle. Uh, Frank Jackson, who I did use yesterday, I might look at him again. He's pretty cheap. And Jaleel Okafor, has just been crushing it. And 6,600 on DK, 7,400 on FanDuel. So uh, he's in play once again. I mean, he's just played great. I mean, great story. You know, you know, had the weight issues, uh, didn't work hard, and all of a sudden he's turned it around and become really good. And I know Kenrich Williams was a surprise last night. Uh, he played well on the boards, 3,100 on DK, 3,600 on FanDuel. But don't think I'm going back to him tonight. So, uh I take a look at uh, you know Tim Frazier played well off the bench. If he started, I would probably use him. You could probably he's so cheap. You probably could use him anyway. Thirty two hundred on DK, thirty five hundred on Fanduel. He doesn't need to do much. He and he closed out the game yesterday too. So I, I think you could take a look at him. But yeah, ton going on with the Pelicans right now. Uh, we got uh, Indiana at Washington. That's an eight p.m. Eastern start. Vegas totals two eighteen and a half. Uh, for the Pacers, no Tyreek Evans once again. Thank goodness, because you don't want to be sucked into that. Because uh, he's always been a value and do- has not come through most of the time this year. Darren Collison, he's a good play today. Sixty-two hundred on DK, sixty-five hundred. Uh, this is a good matchup here. Uh, you know, Wizards have not been good, and they played yesterday too. Uh, they have been spreading it around. I think Miles Turner in GPPs because uh, of the blocks and a great matchup here against the Wizards inside. You could take a look at him. Uh, I'm going to try and get him in, in a lineup, I think. He's 6,900 on DK, 7,300 on FanDuel. Thaddeus Young, I think, is in play, too, because of the matchup. He's 56 on DK, 6,200 on FanDuel. And for the Wizards, uh, I did play Beal yesterday as a pivot off Holiday in one of my lineups because yeah, I knew Holiday was going to be highly owned, and Beal was pretty good. Um, I don't. I think you can consider him tonight. I don't think I'll have much exposure to him. He's 87 on DK. 95 on FanDuel. Trevor Reese has played good. I wanted to get him in yesterday. I couldn't find a way. He's 6 on DK, 6,400 on FanDuel. And, of course, uh, the big game tonight, too, is Sacramento in Atlanta. And this is a game that I think you want to have a lot of exposure to. Trey Young has been playing very well lately. It's a good matchup here. This is going to be a very high-paced game. Uh, John Collins, I wish he did more. Uh, he It's a lot of points and rebounds for him. I think this is a good spot for De'Aaron Fox to bounce back. Uh, he's had some down games lately. We know it's always tricky with the um, the Kings because they kind of spread it out. Uh, but Bogdanovich is in play. Fox, Willie Coley-Stein. And on the Atlanta side, I like Trey Young. 
Uh, I think you can look at uh, even a guy like Dwayne Dedman. He should be pretty cheap. So I think you want to have a lot of exposure. It's a high-paced game, high over-under, and uh, there should be a lot of scoring. Alex Lund is interesting in tournaments. He's not played a lot of minutes lately, but he's been productive. You know, the last game he played 20 minutes. He had 19 points, 9 rebounds, and a block. He played uh, 22 minutes against Chicago in the ter- 23rd at 14 and 10. So he could be a low-owned guy, and he can he actually can produce in, in 20 minutes. If he ever gets 25, that would be big. And then, of course, you got Portland and Utah tonight. Uh, of course, Rudy Gobert always in play. It looks like I just seen that Yusuf Nurkic is uh, questionable. He's dealing with a right knee injury. So um, if he sits, uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, that, and that could open things up and obviously would be a much easier matchup for Rudy Gobert and uh, more minutes for a guy like Al-Farik Aminu as well uh, and Damian Lillard taking more shots. So that's, uh, again, news that you have to pay attention to here because that is a late game. But uh, shaping up to be a fun slate tonight. Just, again, remember... This is kind of just the nutshell here, the basis. Uh, a lot can change between now and lineup lock as uh, a lot of news can filter out. But definitely looking at that Kings-Atlanta game, I think if you're doing a lot of lineups, you want to have some of that game stacked because it could be a fun, very high-scoring game tonight. That wraps it up here. But in the meantime, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. I'll be back Thursday with Dr. Otto, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.